0: First Friday 5. It's the first Friday of the month, and we're watching five episodes of a TV show and judging it based purely on those five episodes. Today's show is New Girl. As always, I'm Corbin's Vocal, and joining me is Cody Webb. Cody, what's going on, man?
1: Excited to be back for another uh edition of First Friday 5 here on Cap. Uh, you know, love me some TV, and I think we have a really fun episode. So yeah, I'm excited. This month's
0: episode for September. New Girl was chosen by our guest, former uh, two-time guest on the pod already, a big uh, draft head in the history of the pod, Chris McGovern. Chris, welcome back, man.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. This one is going to be good. I've prepared all day, and I'm ready. Very excited to hear
0: your thoughts on New Girl, and honestly, really glad that you did pick New Girl, because uh, it's a movie, or it's a TV show that Cody and I both really enjoy and uh, have never really gotten a chance to talk about on the podcast the five episodes that we are talking about are season one, episode one, The Pilot, season two, episode seven, Menzies, which was Chris's choice, season six, episode five, Hubbity Bubby, the lowest rated episode, season six, episode 22, five stars for Bezus, the highest rated, and season seven, episode eight, Ingram Petersky, the finale. Let's start with just what is New Girl? Why did you pick it? Chris, break it down for us, man.
2: Cool, yeah. New Girl is probably is definitely my top three uh, favorite shows of all time, and uh, yeah, I, it took me a while to get into it. I definitely didn't watch it when it was airing, and um, I got into it later. But it very quickly became, I would say, my second favorite show behind The Office.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I come from a similar place. The show was on from two thousand eleven to twenty eighteen. I think I just dis- discovered it in the mid like maybe 17 16 when it was on but I never watched it live this was one of those shows that like maybe a new season would come out on Netflix or whatever the streaming service would be and then you would watch it and then you know much later in college I think I really got into it and I kind of began to appreciate it it's a show I watched with my girlfriend it's a show that we watched like around the apartment at different times um and and I would agree it's it's probably in my uh top five I would say uh for shows
1: Cody, what about you, man? Well, I don't know if I have as much love as as you guys for this show to that level. But uh, I do like the show a lot. And like Corbin said, I was kind of introduced to it first a lot more in college. Obviously, I uh, did not w- watch it live, unfortunately. And I actually have not watched the entire series, if I'm being completely honest, either. I think I was cut off around the end of season four. But uh, it is a show I do like a lot, honestly, and uh, like Corbin said, just good memories, good vibes all around. The first couple seasons I have seen a few times as well, and then I feel like once you get deep into some of these sitcom seasons, you're like, there's no, cut, uh, you know, kind of feeler for the end. So maybe that's why I didn't make it. But yeah, New Girl's a great pick, and and definitely one uh, that I think it's gonna be fun to talk about.
0: I feel like this was somewhere in the rotation of like that '70s show or like Psych and and this that we would like maybe have on. At different points, like that sophomore, junior year, around just around the house and stuff. So, yeah, this show is uh, an American television sitcom created by Elizabeth Merriweather. It stars Zoe Deschanel as the new girl herself, Jess. She plays this you know kind of wacky teacher character, and she moves into an apartment with three guys. In the pilot episode, we'll talk about these guys are Coach, played by Damon Wayans, Nick, played by Jake Johnson and Schmidt, played by Max Greenfield. As the show progresses, uh, coach is switched out for Winston, played by Lamor Morris. And basically it's just kind of following the adventures of this friend group. There's also uh, Jess's best friend, Cece, played by Hannah Simone. It's kind of, you know, just day in their life, you know, different adventures, work stuff, going to the bar, hanging out, falling in love, breaking up, having different relationships. A lot of just, you know, kind of weird, different situations, family members come in, Um, there's holiday episodes just your your classic you know friends in an apartment sitcom and it honestly is kind of the uh, modern era of of friends
2: right I would definitely agree it was on the back it's definitely on the back end of network television uh, sitcoms that were successful I wanted Um, to
0: is this the last great network tv sitcom
2: (laughs) you could definitely make that argument and having a friend's like a a show that models itself after friends and uses some of the same cliches and, and archetypes and things like that. But without a laugh track, it definitely adds a different element to it. Single camera. It makes it a show that you can watch multiple times. It makes it a show that, and it's also a show that doesn't really date itself too much, except for one of the episodes that we're going to (laughs) talk about in a little bit. But yeah, I think they hit the nail right on the head. And I agree with it. It's one of the last great like network sitcoms because they don't even try anymore.
0: It, it it feels really modern. It hasn't aged at all in like a, a poor way besides maybe a couple episodes. But like, that's the thing, like the rewatchability of it. Um, it, it really works out well. Um, also just, I think the cast is so great together. They all interchange and they have so much chemistry. I, I read somewhere that like a, 20 percent of the episodes were kind of like unscripted or improvised so there's kind of just like this this really like deep understanding of their characters and the kind of the ways they would work together and uh, it creates some really funny and deep character moments throughout the series so last month we talked about gossip girl on the show cody this is a new girl oh. well, next month what, we're, just, we're just gonna have to do girls uh, maybe
1: the show golden
2: For, girls golden Girls.
1: oh okay i like both. <laughs> of. girls would be very intense i think uh we could throw it back to gone girl again as well uh, we already did that one though but yeah i, I like the girls themes and uh like I, I agree kind of with the friends comparison though too uh which i'll come back to a lot later as well but there's like of course the big centered like will they won't they relationship which i feel like is a friends cliche but I agree completely. The thing that carries both those series is kind of the cast's chemistry. The great thing about the show, I feel like too, is you can literally turn on like any episode at any time and you're kind of going to get the same experience, I feel like, if you just watched it chronologically, um, which is a testament to the cast and the writing I think is underrated too. It's a show that I think works
0: really well for this format, even if there are some, maybe some wacky things that happen with the, the lowest and the highest rated ones. Let's talk about the theme song. Who's that girl? Who is it, Chris?
2: <laughs> uh, that girl is Jess. And uh, like we'll talk about in a little bit with the pilot episode, you hear Jess sing it on the spot. And uh, I think that's really creative. You know, it doesn't make the show good or bad or the episode good or bad, but uh, it's just funny that like you hear the main character sing the song and then you end up hearing it for the next six years.
1: Yeah. I like the, menace, the meta-ness a lot of it, uh, like you said, especially in that pilot, just the way they introduce it. It's, it's literally in like the first couple scenes, too, so kind of setting the tone. It's
0: her character yeah. intro,
1: is yeah, the theme the series song. All together, which is cool. Um, but it also, I mean, for uh, such like a musical show, I feel like there's a lot of music kind of wrapped around this show They could have gone a, a little bit more kind of outlandish with the theme, and it would have been okay. For me, this is kind of middle of the road as far as sitcom uh, theme songs go. And also, I mean, throwing to you guys, I don't even know how many variations of this even is there. Because obviously there's the original early episodes where, you know, they have stuff going behind her like a play. And then I I know there was like a new rebooted one that I really hated. Um, But I think there was more, right? Seasons one through three is the main like, hey, girl, performed
0: by Zoe Deschanel. And then after that, they just went pure instrumental only. And there was different variations within that. Like you said, there's like a kind of a collage one, I remember. Yeah, that's I like, like that. so bad. Even in the, <laughs> the season finale or the series finale, I think it's just like a title card, basically. So, yeah, it's
2: just like a graphic.
0: I prefer that, you know, full-length main one because the thing is, like, it's not too long. You don't have to skip it, but it's just always this fun little bright thing. And it's, you know, kind of cute when the guys come in and they, they hold up the sign. And it just, like, fits the show really well. So I like this theme a lot.
2: I think they maybe as the show got later on, and we're talking about 2016, 17, 18, they were probably trying to steer, steer away from stereotypes when like the show is built off of stereotypes of past television shows and their success is on the back of others. And obviously these writers did a great job, but like the quirkiness and everyone being in the title shot is like quintessential to this genre. So don't try to be something that you're not.
0: Like yeah. trying to avoid a corniness that, that isn't really there,
2: like
1: that you need to lean into sometimes.
2: Yeah, just be what you are. That's it.
1: I like that. That's a good point too, because like the cast does expand a lot more and you kind of want to include more people in the opening uh, kind of title too. So that makes sense actually more of kind of why they would. I feel like it's it's more of like a modern, like they were trying to stay relevant, kind of switching a theme song for, for no reason. And I definitely like the OG original one, you know, better than, than the new even title card drop. Um, I wish even for the finale, like they brought back the OG one. I think that would have been a cool reference.
2: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're like a uh, Modern Family was running around the same time. There were probably two of the bigger sitcoms at the time, at least a little bit of an overlap. Modern Family did the same type of thing where they went from everybody in the opening scene to just Flash Let's get into it. And you know, when you're wrapping up a show, you want those extra fifteen seconds sometimes. But we're all, we're talking about network TV at the end of the day. You Got commercial
0: and, breaks, man. You've got a thirty-year time block. You're stuck in.
2: You got twenty-one minutes, and you better make that shit fucking work. And and with Friends, they relied, they had like it was like three minutes an episode of laugh tracks and transitions and like exterior shots. And this show doesn't have that, so you know they 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 packed it. They packed it all in.
0: Obviously, there's the famous exterior of the apartment building that we see a ton. And I think in the pilot, there's more use of it. But you're, you're 100% right. Throughout the series, Like they're not like, let's spend all this time transitioning between places and moving around. It, it feels it feels more like a movie. It's, it's single camera, like we said. All right, Cody. In the hierarchy of the shows we've done, su- um. Succession, Psych, The Office, Gossip Girl, Scrubs, National Treasure... where does new girl sit
1: i'll throw my opinion i think um below the office but above gossip girl i think that's very very fair but i'm open to you guys what do you guys think i was feeling that
0: as well what what do you think chris is the office a better theme or is new girl a better theme oh
2: we're talking about straight theme songs i've I've never seen um gossip girl like i've, I've seen this it. this is but definitely
0: better than gossip girl. not I great cody i don't I remember
2: can, it. cody i can say it's it's better than gossip girl <laughs> i think the office theme song makes me feel something more than the new girl one just because the new girl one's a little bit cornier and the office is my favorite show i just think that that piano track if you hear that is, you hear
0: that walking down the street, you're like, okay, I'm you happy. Know. It's, it's a moment. Like you feel good. But if you hear the new girl theme song, you're like, eh, okay.
2: It's it's, weird. It's, Why is it's, this happening? It's fine. And Zoe De Chanel is super musical. And I don't know whether or not she wanted to lean into that or not. Maybe she was pressured to be more sing songy because people saw her as this like person who would do musicals or do or sing or whatever. Shower. And maybe she didn't want to... I mean, obviously her character sings a ton, but like, who knows? Maybe there were talks of her being more musical and she said no. and yeah. Or maybe this, or maybe she kept wanting to be more musical and they said, this is all you got.
0: I think right there uh, in between The Office and Gossip Girls is a solid spot for New Girl. So we'll, yeah. we'll lock it in there. Um, but overall, I, I do think it is a good uh, theme song. Let's get into the episodes, starting with the pilot. I really think this is a really solid pilot. It is unfortunate that one of the main cast members was swapped out, and maybe we can start there with talking about that a little bit. So obviously, like I said in the intro, Coach, played by Damon Wayans Jr., was this character that was originally intended to be in the show. However, he was already on a show called Happy Endings. New Girl gets picked up by Fox after he'd recorded the pilot, but ABC renews happy endings for a second season and obviously being on a rival network they basically prevented him from you know moving on so the the plan was they were just going to recast and just cast a different guy and play coach and then they're like okay let's bring in maybe let's make a new character and bring in somebody else so they got Lamore Morris and uh the character of Winston was born from there, you know, the Latvian uh, basketball player, which I think now in 2023, that's not as funny of a joke. Cause it's like, wow, you could be, there's some good, there's some good basketball players from that uh, area. Let's just that's say true. then happy endings got canceled after its third season, which then allowed Damon Wayans jr. To uh, have the ability to come back. Of course that, you know, is not seen in any of the episodes that uh, we had here, but do you get? Did you guys miss Coach, or what do you think about his absence post-pilot?
1: For me, I absolutely do miss him. I think, um, especially in the pilot, too, I do like his character a lot. I think it's interesting as well to kind of have, like, a complete foil to sort of Jess's character in a sense. Although, I mean, he just kind of can't talk to any women, so I guess he's just a foil to any woman, uh, to be fair. But, like, his bits of him, like, yelling stop it at her, like, I thought it was funny throughout, that like, this specific episode... And yeah, and I have seen obviously some of the episodes where he comes back as well, and and I do enjoy those a lot. I think um, Damon Wayans just in general is kind of just a good comedian and, and a good fit with the show. Um, so I wish that there was more of him, but you know, TV TV, and studios are are all rivals, of course. So it doesn't surprise me. But yeah, I I do miss him a lot.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, Coach was a really good character, and it was pretty thought out. And Damon Wayans is a super strong performer and he brings actor yeah and he brings that character to life and that's why him leaving right after this episode you can call it even like the pre-pilot because i don't know it it just seems a little bit different it seems like episode two and three are also pilots like they really didn't know what was going on and then they bring in lamorne morris who's a little bit less experienced and the character of winston is not so thought out whether you've seen the whole series or not, you know that the Winston character is ever changing. And uh, he starts off as a ex pro basketball player. Who's this tough guy, ladies, man. And he turns into a guy who like wears bird shirts and has like phone sex in an alien closet or whatever, <laughs> but like, you know, it Has a cat. And, has yeah. A cat. And Ferguson, of course, but coach was a, I would I see like he was an anchor to that cast especially him and Zoe De Chanel were the vets of that team.
0: Yeah, I think I mean obviously his character was kind of very one note and a stick that that solid like jock stereotype and they would have had to develop him further and you know we get more of that development later on. But it would not have been drastic as the change we see from point A of Winston to the the very (laughs) final scene of Winston, because it is a fucking journey of self-discovery for sure. Let's talk about the the rest of it. So the general conceit, the setup, girl has to live in an apartment with these three guys. Um, I think it's just like a really smart, like it's a good log line for a TV show and it works out really well. The douchebag jar is a highlight of this episode and that's something that continues on for a really long time. I think Jake Johnson, despite not being, you know, maybe very well known or as experienced, really shines in this role especially. And I think in the pilot, that for me is like the instant hook of how great he is, how much chemistry he has with Jess and with everybody, and, and overall, yeah, I just think this is uh, one that hooks you right from the start
1: and makes you want to keep watching the show. I agree. I think plot wise, it is interesting too, just because, I mean, you're putting the characters in a fun place, just comedically. Obviously, Jess like coming off a breakup, everything with like the dirty dancing. I don't know why, but I think it's really, really funny. She just watches that movie on loop. For How much money days. did they shell out? Cody? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a lot. Uh, good music in that movie as well. That can't be cheap. But another big difference that I like, too, is, is kind of the evolution of Schmidt, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But I feel like specifically in this pilot, I did notice as well, like this is a Schmidt like 1.0, like even when he rips his shirt off uh, in the first couple scenes. It's like, dude, you're not even buff yet. Like, uh, I've seen this strip <laughs> too many times. No, like, you don't normally look like that. So, I think that's just funny. Like his evolution, even from like the first season, is is pretty drastic.
2: Yeah, I think that the like the douchebag jar definitely carries on for a little bit, but they definitely it goes away eventually. And um, him taking his shirt off a lot is something that I used to talk about a lot when I first started watching this show. I was like, how come he takes his shirt off so much in the first like five episodes and then never again? It's almost like they did like a like they crowdsource something and they were like, hey, maybe this super pale dude with a bunch of moles should keep his shirt on. Like, (laughs) just keep it on, dude, because he never takes his shirt off basically ever again after season one. I just think that the fans, you know, had to write in to Fox and say, let's, let's keep this guy fully clothed.
0: Well, then it's also like, there's, they kind of come up with the backstory that he's like a former fat kid, you know, he grew up overweight, he was obese. So like, then it's like, this doesn't really make sense that he would probably be a guy taking a shirt off all the time. Um, so yeah. maybe that's part of the reason they walk it back. But I think... I mean, I was talking to Cody before there's some AV club article talking about how like Schmidt and Max Greenfield was seen as a huge standout star in the first season, but he's a character that if they continued down that path could have very easily become just like the Barney of the show.
2: He would have been a villain probably. And
0: and yeah. And like, for me, in the later seasons of how I met your mother, when like, they're trying to navigate, Oh, is Barney going to end up with something like they really struggle with like you've pushed a character to be kind of so gross and vile like it can be too far and you can't come back from that. So they did a good job of riding the ship early on the Schmidt character. And it let us, you know, let him and Cece have like a, a believable relationship that you you want to happen as the show goes on.
1: True. But in this episode, he's he's just a complete douche back to start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a fun starting point. And I think another just weird thing that I noticed in this episode are like his really douchey friends. I feel like uh, if we were doing a normal episode, Corbin would definitely make the ugly category. I'm not a big fan of that, but I think they do appear a little bit more after this. But uh, I'm definitely glad they're not like you know long-standing cast members that we see a lot. Yeah, that
2: guy Benjamin I think is in two more episodes. He's in the one with Schmidt's birthday where they re- just rents the school bus and the male yeah. stripper.
0: Is it four. Four and then episodes the, total.
2: The wedding one, they're like fighting for the wedding venue. I don't know. And he's in one season seven episode as well.
0: Okay. Oh, he's in the
2: fin. Is he in the finale too, or
1: he's in okay.
0: se- he's in episode three of season seven for some reason. So
1: at least he's a cameo role and, and not you know a a titular character. True, so that's true.
0: true. He would he would definitely make the ugly, uh, but those guys are uh, not great. You know, cowboys and Indians party. Also, maybe uh,
2: talking about things that haven't aged. <laughs> In L.A., yeah. Man. I mean, it was called the yeah Wild West Party. Might not be great. Yikes. Yep. I would not be in attendance. <laughs> be a cowboy. Be a cowboy. Coach was the, uh,
0: he was taking the, the tough looks. They also didn't really necessarily know how nerdy or how weird they wanted to go with Jess. Mina and I kind of noticed that she makes like a Lord of the Rings, Smeagol reference, which I think mm-hmm. in the course of the show isn't necessarily like the type of thing that I would see Jess's character being interested in, especially it's like, you're making this reference, what, 10 years after this movie came out feels a little strange for the the course of the character.
2: Yeah. She's a particular type of nerd. She's the elementary school teacher, the, you know, quirky, big eyed. There's, There's a certain level. And I think that they ride that line really well the whole way. I mean, you could say that Jess's character changes the least, of anybody in the show and like her trying to get dressed up with CC, like that's a funny scene. And She falls out of her shoes. Like those are all things that season five or six, Jess would also probably struggle with. Cause we know her struggles with CC and her friends and things like that. Absolutely.
0: Um, I think it's cool to see the bar very early on the same bar that they do stick with throughout the show. Very strange setup. Nick kind of dresses like a lumberjack. but then it's like seems like a really nice place and it's pretty popping in this pilot episode but chills out a little bit later on what do you where would you guys place this bar in the world of of tv sitcom third places
2: i would say it's pretty low um considering the fact that it's pretty just like blah there's no element of it that like for example the company legos would recreate like fucking friends you can build central Park, the office you can buy these things there are places that are quintessential to to people's brains when it comes to these tv shows and that bar just has no redeeming qualities you don't even find out the name of it until like five years in when they say the griffin and schmidt goes what's the griffin (laughs) he goes why don't we have a sign because they don't
0: they don't have a sign positioning nick as a bartender there is something that's really smart and allows for a lot of good opportunities down the road good storylines good episodes um but but i agree with you like the setting itself is kind of blah it feels like a very three-dimensional space it doesn't necessarily feel like a set even more so than like the office because like central perk doesn't feel like a 3d space because they have to shoot it from no, one side it's a, stage. It's, it's a set right yeah um this feels like a real bar, which is cool. Same thing with even, you know, the McLarens and How I Met Your Mother. It
2: feels sure. like a stage. But they do really just shoot McLarens from one angle as well. Yeah. And they even make, they even How I Met Your Mother, they poke fun at it later on in the in the series. They're talking about, where does that door go? And it's yeah. a door that you don't see because it's behind where the camera was the entire time.
0: Well, and even in this show, in the, in the finale, they're like, hey, what's down the hallway, <laughs> you know, around the corner? <laughs> are talking about the, making fun of the uh, crazy impar- apartment layout they have.
2: It's it's just like any other pilot, I think, like the A story. There's really no, like, a true A and B. It kind of morphs together, just trying to fit in. And, you know, it's a great ending scene with them singing in the restaurant. That's a classic. That's what co- makes you come back for the next week.
0: It's the heart. Uh, it's the, you know, the soul of the characters, how... Yeah. They care about each other. And, you know They don't even really know this girl that well, but clearly there's going to be a friendship there that uh, you want to be invested in. Second episode here, season two, episode seven, Menzies. Chris, you chose this one. Why?
2: Largely due to the uh, great old man that's behind your head, Tran. <laughs> I think they're great. there are a bunch of great lines. Like when Nick is trying to guess his name and he guesses like, a bunch of American-ish names. And then he just says Tran out of nowhere. I think he loves that he calls him his magical friend. Um, And it's really the B story to the A story of Jess and Winston feeling emotional about a breakup, Jess not having a job. But I just think it's really funny. It's always one of my favorites. And season, it's the beginning of season two there's a lot to come after it, but I feel like the show is really full. Like it's, it's really whole already. You know, it knows what it is. And, uh, season two and three are my favorite. So
0: two, it really feels like it's firing on, on all cylinders for sure. I'm really glad you picked this one because of, like you said, a and B plots, the tran B plot, is incredible. I'm gonna go ahead and just roll some cl- the clip of, of him meeting Tran for the first time, because him on the park bench, all the things he screams at him are, are just hilarious.
1: Please don't do that, sir. Please, I, I would love to sit by myself right now. There's something real creepy about you, pal. You wanna get weird? Let's get weird. You got a nice face. An anger problem? Living with them, are you kidding me? Well, it's frustrating, it's like, just get a job. I like your hat. I like how it's not a team or a logo, it's just blue. Would you rather be covered in fish scales or feathers? Scales? Why, you weirdo? You wanna see me jump really high? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of dying, man. The enemy is enemy. The enemy is the inner me. Do you understand a word I'm saying? You just nod at everything. <laughs> I need to change, and you showed me that. I have an anger problem. Thank you. Can I get a hug?
0: Um, and he is a, a bright spot. Rest in peace to the actor that plays Tran. He did sadly pass away uh, about a year ago. So great episode choice though here cody what do you think about it
1: all right I did not know that either uh so that's tough but let me, let me get his name I, I gotta yeah respect to him as well ralph on ralph on rest in peace so on, shut out um but i think this is a great pick for uh for a guest choice as well how can you not love train um and like i said the introduction is so great him <laughs> swaddling him like a baby uh in a mini pool and then Nick trying to do it to the rest of his friends, I think, is is compoundingly great. Uh, I mean, you can say so much about Tran, but, you know, he's a really good listener. I think that's probably my favorite thing about him. And honestly, you guys can obviously correct me on this, but I feel like obviously he, he never really has any lines. Does he have another line as good as, you are a huge baby? Because that is just so good. I mean, how you... the only you... line. In the whole show? Yeah, yeah that's awesome you <laughs> can't top it so i i think that makes sense but um you are a huge baby i think that's probably one of my favorite quotes from the show in uh, his okay.
0: final appearance he says one word drive so oh wow
2: <laughs> that's new to me
0: season seven <laughs> the curse of the
1: pirate bride uh, oh it's but the yeah. second to last yeah he, uh, he is an incredible oh, but transparent yeah i love Trent. i think the, the standout for this episode for me it's gotta be Tran. Um, secondly, uh Winston kind of sympathy you know, PMSing. P- sympathy, that's the word. Sympathy PMSing is great as well. His his entire just um, you know, look and outfit. I love the glasses that came down uh when, when they were hanging out. But yeah, Win- Winston's great. And I think this episode really does highlight like the evolution even from season one to season two of, of his character and kind of just going into a different direction comedy-wise, which I think works a lot better with Winston. So, yeah, I think it's a standout upset for him as well. Some really good Winston
0: stuff here. Uh, The Schmidt and his boss stuff, I don't know. It's kind of just like it doesn't have a huge impact on, like, the rest of the show. And I think it's getting to that thing where it's like it feels kind of early Schmidt-ish. But there's some good moments. Uh, What does he want to be named as? Moises. Moises Perdue. Moises Perdue Perdue in any uh, future literary... (laughs) adaptations and for life
2: i think i mean that that whole that i guess you could call it a b plot or the c plot i guess um with nick and tran being b it's the cc and robbie and schmidt and his boss you, f- you know schmidt wants a bat is 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 you know he likes bad girls and then this lady is like trying to tie him up and he's like belittling her uh, um and he's guaranteed to have mercury poisoning so i hope that all get squared away for him
0: he's uh he's a resilient boy
2: he can uh he can take it no
0: matter (laughs) what um obviously also this episode is him you know being hard on jess and and needing to force her she needs to get a job right she's currently unemployed she got fired she's looking for a job and then that since she can't pay for utilities that causes the uh the hot water to be shut off at the uh, house which. In the midst of Nick and his, you know, tran anger being released, he shows up at the house, and it's just the greatest line <laughs> delivery of, "Hey gang, why is the water so cold?" <laughs> and just all the chill Nick <laughs> stuff is, is so good. I love and it. And
2: then he goes, and then he goes, uh, he says something like, "Oh, Winston, you're having a premenstrual something." <laughs> it's so good that ethereal <laughs> flute music helped him out. And he gets real with Jess too we see him in the pool when he brings her to the pool for the first time and touches her boob and flips her over. Then he, you know, he gets real with her. And I think, you know, obviously he's the one that makes the most impact on her in that moment. And obviously going forward.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think Nick is great in this episode too. Just uh, off the top. He has a confrontation with like a push pull door, uh, <laughs> which I love. Uh, that's the most Nick thing ever. And then we get like, yeah, happy-go-lucky like Peter Pan kind of vibes uh, from Nick after his his uh, spiel with Tran. So I love seeing that side of him too. Oh yeah, one other thing as well. I think it's funny seeing Robbie um, in hindsight. So I haven't seen the show for a while too. And I think his character is definitely an underrated one um, that I do like a lot. But I think this episode, it kind of just highlights like how bad he's doing in this relationship with CC as well. <laughs> which I think is really funny just for his character.
0: In the... Uh... List of, like, episode, like most episode appearances in character. Where do you think Robbie, like, places amongst all characters?
2: Can you guys I'd, guess?
1: I'd guess, like, 10th. I think he's around there. I
2: mean, he's probably been in, I mean, he has this arc, and then he goes away for, like, four seasons, and then he has another arc where he's a completely different person, pretty much. I would say he has about almost 20 episodes under his belt not bad he has 18 episodes which puts
0: him as the eighth
2: highest so oh, wow. i mean We're obviously great.
0: you've got <laughs> jess nick schmidt cc winston coach and then ali is the next but then it's robbie he's, he's the next guy so he's very uh-huh. prevalent throughout the show so i think it's good that we get at least one episode with him uh next below robbie we don't see her in any of these episodes but she has talked about it is megan fox uh
2: wow, really Reagan. strange
0: that megan fox was on the show for 15 episodes
1: for and honestly i'll
2: say i'll say really quick about her it did show her range i really don't think that she was as bad of a performer as people might have thought she was going to be honestly she is a to me a way better performer than cc but that's neither here nor there
1: that's fired i, like it. I think <laughs>
2: hannah simone is the worst actor on the show but <laughs> i think she's great like she's funny she looks great everything you want in a sitcom character
0: she plays the role well, like what she, in the beginning, what she has to do, she plays well. But then, as she's given more to do, it's not as successful. I, I will give you that.
2: Yeah, when it's like when she has a when she has a storyline, like a, when she has a plot point in an episode that's centered around her, it's not great. Some of her line deliveries are real cringy, but they probably didn't know what they were doing with her at the beginning, and they cast her to be this model stereotypical standoffish attractive kind of, woman kind of dumb you know but like they ended up turning her into a like the character of cc is great and evolves really well and is super likable maybe she didn't quite have the chops for it but hey here we are
0: i agree with that uh last thing i'll say about this episode uh some incredible drum roll from uh, both of our characters nick hit the ba 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 and just with the symbol. Uh, you no, know, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Drum rolls rules <laughs> only. Moving on to the lowest rated episode, which has a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, season six, episode five Hubbity Bubby. This episode is low rated because of the subject matter. Cody, do you want to very
1: aptly explain what's going on in this episode? Yeah, absolutely. And to preface this as well, um, in this point in the show, for me, this is all new country. So I'd never seen this episode either. But when it started, um New Country you know, thought, Old Men. Yeah, exactly. New Country but New Girl. It, new <laughs> Country New Girl, I like that. Uh when it started, I was like, oh, okay, like this one's low rated because it's too political. And then it was just too political. So, <laughs> so basically, I mean, the basic rundown of it is Jess and CC are out on the town trying to gain new voters. Um, and they're pretty much just you know matched up against the Republican Schmidt. In a competition, and then they go to sorority house, which is you know an interesting concept. I think maybe a different you know episode layout that would have been fun. But then they just you know get drunk and recruit the sorority girls, and then it turns out they support Trump. So they don't sharp
0: social commentary for you there, Cody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So (laughs) you know overall plot wise, I don't think this is the the best new girl episode ever. I don't hate it conceptually though. I, I think it's it's an interesting idea to go like. Because they don't go crazy political on like, oh Trump's this terrible person. Like they don't actually, you know, shit talk anybody too much. I don't think. But I think it's it's kind of just bad timing, and and nobody really asked for for kind of this sort of material from New Girl.
0: I think the yeah. episode
1: probably does more for Paul Ryan than anyone
0: else, and <laughs> honestly, he needed. I don't even know so. who that is. <laughs> I don't either.
1: <laughs> that was one of my questions. The Who's thing far?
0: is, uh, running mate for John McCain in what
1: 2008? Yeah, fair enough. Well, in-
2: here's the thing. This episode aired on September 27th, 2016, 42 days before the election.
0: Mitt Romney, 2012, he was his running mate. Uh, He was also the former Speaker of the House from 2015 to 2018. And we
2: know Schmidt loves Mitt Romney, but I think that it was interesting to see the show in its later years experiment with um, stuff outside of the apartment or the bar. Like you're going, you get the campaign office, you get the sorority house, you get to see how they interact outdoors, which is basically never done.
0: They got that budget.
2: Um, yeah, they, they had a little bit of extra money and they went for it. Um, also, the show is on Fox and they're pushing a democratic agenda. So maybe the people who left their TV on after the news and saw New Girl for the first time were like, what the fuck is this? And then they went on IMDb and rated it really bad. Like you said, as, a, as an episode, it's not really that bad. I dislike it because of pandering, no matter what side, doesn't need to be political. Just like, don't try to make a sitcom too real. I don't understand it, like, I don't understand why you try to bring the outside world in. I don't need to see Zoe Deschanel dress up like Trump at the tag. <laughs> I just don't need it and I don't need, cause you're almost trying to villainize Max Greenfield and Schmidt in that moment as well. Trying to push this narrative on him unfairly. He's like, he's one of your golden sh- like, like he's one of the big people on this show and you almost tried to throw him under the bus. I don't know. It, yeah. it seems super strange. It seems like a, a risk they didn't need to take. People could have got upset with them now. It was a network sitcom in its last breaths. So people weren't watching anymore anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Generally, I would agree with like
0: the sentiments of the episode for the most part. Of course. I think it's a little like you said, it is pandering. It's it's very watered down. It's very, it's like the most light version of it they're also like they're all characters living in la and california so it's like everything that's happening because of the way our electoral college is set up like literally doesn't matter and they're kind of all just like fucking around and they're like people that live on the coast that you know have no impact in the election at the end of the day but they put themselves in an interesting spot by making schmidt's character like a republican as part of his arc early on and i think in 2015 and 2016 as things became more and more divisive and, you know, Trump obviously became the nominee for the Republican party. A lot of people were forced to kind of grapple with like, what does that mean to be a Republican who doesn't support Trump or, you know, a Republican who does, or, you know, like all the different aspects of that. And I think as a show, they felt clearly that they had to like take a stand or at least like explicitly say like, oh, that's not the type of Republican that Schmidt is. And like, that's not what the show is. And, you know, really kind of push things in that direction. I don't know. I, I wouldn't really say it is like risky because like you said, it's it's a show in sixth season that was on, you know, a big network television and they don't say anything that's like really that outlandish or that hard hitting. And I don't think, did anybody watch this and like become convinced to go vote for Hillary Clinton? Like, that's the thing. I no. don't even think it's really like successful in what it's trying to do, which I think, is unfortunate if they wanted to, know, get people to go out and vote you could make an episode that's better than this it's just kind of low-hanging fruit
2: yeah it's just lazy it's just lazy to me and they kind of did a little backdoor thing like you said with like what it means to be a republican and not to be super political but it you could say that it, that election made there be three different groups instead of two big groups and uh, I don't know if they were trying to do that. It was
0: Hillary, Trump, Winston were like the three <laughs>
2: options. Yeah, but Fox, but Fox letting this go on, like I don't know. I would have loved to have been in some of those meetings, like Elizabeth Merriweather pitching this to Fox. I don't know. Like I said, it, it's something they didn't need to do in a time where people watch sitcoms to get away from stuff. You put that prime time less than a month and a half like six weeks away from the election like what are you doing everyone else is talking about it you don't have to it's fine yeah, they live yeah. in LA we assume they're Republican or we, we <laughs> assume we assume they're not Republican so it's like, like they even go the first guy's house they go to opens the door and he goes I'm voting for her and closes the door like that's, that's LA man it's okay we love it it would happen here in New Jersey the same shit this episode does give us
0: uh, a great list of names that you can uh, use if you ever need to sign something in the future. So just a couple highlights uh, from that. Ivana Gitsum, Anita Wang, Babalu Softcock, Burt Meat, Jackie Rectum, Diarrhea Jones, Oprah's Friend Gale, Naseen Maboobs. Do you guys have any favorites from your own personal life that you'd like to share now? I'm a Mike, so. Mike Hawk. That's a good one.
2: I mean, Ben Dover is the, ben the, the, classic. The, ultimate, the ultimate classic. Hugh G-Rection.
1: Yeah, that one's... Pat up.
2: McGroin. Hugh Glass.
1: Uh, Don Kedick. That's your favorite. There we go. I've, been, I've been laying it out for you. I was waiting to hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic.
0: And then, uh, of course, this episode also gives us a great moment of Nick panic ordering $200 worth of Chinese food, which I feel is very relatable, and I uh, respect
1: the hell out of that move. so... Well been there,
0: yeah. We have this is uh also the long distance relationship stuff that you were talking about, Chris, with Winston. He's in a long D with Allie, and there's some <laughs> uh strange Pearl Harbor sex things happening. Not sure uh what's going on there exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, I wrote B Story Winston Helps Nick with Phone Sex.
0: Not very well, not That's very it. successfully. Pretty, yeah,
2: I think it was great advice. Um, I, I think it really helped me. Hmm. Um, it's... Instructional. <laughs> that that you know that changed my life more than the a story um, for sure <laughs> you know that is the thing it is an interesting
0: pairing it's like voting phone sex <laughs> you know like the the closet that Winston goes into to have his his phone sex is, is kind of like a metaphor for the voting booth in a way you know kind of go in there and then I I think there's there's some good uh some mirror stuff happening there maybe we should move on to season six episode 22 the highest rated episode five stars for Bezos. here's the thing to me this is like the true finale for the show like that's why this is so highly rated because it wraps everything up it has a perfect ending while it's not necessarily like gonna lay out exactly what's gonna happen in everybody's future it kind of closes all the doors and it mirrors a lot of things that happen in the pilot episode uh to me we we don't need the flash forward three years season seven that we get
2: yeah uh Cody you brought up music earlier we get like the uh the song that plays when Nick is like figuring it out is the same song from the uh pilot that they sing in the restaurant you know it could it it definitely could act as a finale and I didn't look this up maybe you guys know but there was a little bit of will they won't they with the show itself which is why season seven was on the short end so they probably made it like this so they could end it if they had to but it also doesn't get that typical sitcom ending that we get to see a year later in season seven with all the quintessential shots of ending a show, but I could very well, I could end it with them kissing in the elevator and never see it again. I think now with Netflix and all these streaming services, we're more used to seeing like, we don't need it all in a pretty bow. Just give me the meat and potatoes. And that's it. The two people that were supposed to be together, were together. Cece and Schmidt are having a baby. Allie and Winston are together. Like everything is what it's supposed to be and let's get out.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the final shot being Nick and Jess making out in the elevator that like is kind of pivotal to the relationship, the mirror image from earlier seasons is a great final shot. You get green light by Lord playing and you can just uh, jam out and, and feel the emotion. Don't let it autoplay to season seven. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's yeah. weird. And also Winston's dad, the stuff with Winston's dad and, that seems like something that if it was the actual finale, they would have just left out. seems like a weird box to open if you're not going to get anything from it, especially when it's not brought up at all, ever. It's just there, and then it's not there. And you're just like, okay, that's it, and we're done.
0: Yeah, it's like they needed Winston to have some sort of emotional arc as well in this episode. That is the sad thing. It's like sometimes he's like playing fourth fiddle, and they're trying to include him and i don't love the him and ali relationship at at every point so so i don't know i agree the the father stuff probably could just be left out cody what do you think about this episode man i thought
1: it was pretty good i think it does obviously have some parallels uh to like a friend's re- uh you know finale you know of course the will they won't they big surprise they will um I think it would have been interesting if they go the other way with it, but I feel like with these two characters, it especially makes sense for them to come together. I'm kind of surprised it took uh, sort of six seasons to get to this point, if I'm being completely honest. um, And then, of course, uh, the CeCe and Schmidt stuff, I actually really like that as the B-plot sort of to this entirety of the finale. Um, And, of course, the iconic line, I'm pregnant. I mean, that that's the most like Schmidt thing I've ever heard in my
0: life. I really <laughs> He's got all the flowers he couldn't pick out. You know which one so he got them all. It's it's very romantic.
2: Yeah. Well, the, like the parallels that are drawn to Friends are are, are quite obvious. It's like with uh, Monica and Chandler having a baby before Ross and Rachel, or before they end up getting together. Obviously, there's the whole stuff, you know the. But like, Cece and Schmidt are the Monica and Chandler of the situation where we end the show with their relationship being more whole and constant even though obviously they have their ups and downs or whatever but jess and nick getting together in the last scene is a ross and rachel moment and obviously there's different wrinkles to it but
1: yeah and winston he's phoebe basically he he's the only one who married (laughs) an outsider from the groove what a a loser
2: (laughs) that's true i didn't even think about that it's also weird like phoebe
0: this episode has uh, cell phones, a lot of cell phones. It, it feels weird, it feels very modern. Uh, there is kind of a weird backdoor thing though where like Nick shows up at Schmidt's house just and he's like, oh, I can't find my phone charger and I'm on 5%. So I had to show up here and talk to you in person, uh, which is just a funny little story beat thing to, to set them up and put them at, in that position. Also, Beezus, the, the guy this episode's named after, Fred Willard, Fred Willard. Just kind of showing up and playing this Uber driver is so strange. And really out of left field. Hot cross buns. Hot cross buns.
1: Wanna hear some music? Sure, yeah, that could be inspiring. Hot
2: cross buns. Hot cross buns. One a penny, two a penny. Hot cross buns. Second chorus. Hot cross buns. Yeah, I cannot push when they're this. old. But eat them when you can. They're not as good when they're cold. Hot cross buns. That was so great. I was very happy to see that for the first time. I think it's super funny.
1: Rip to a legend as well. Fred Willard. Really, really funny guy. And uh I was shocked to see him, honestly. Like obviously I'd never seen this before. So that was a surprise to me. Uh, but I love Fred Willard. Yeah, that's a fun scene. To me, it's kind of surprising that and like I said, that this is the first time I'd seen it. So my initial reaction of like, have they all really been living in the law for this amount of time? Like, I feel like it's a really long time to live in one single apartment. It is a really dope apartment, to be fair. But I think it's just weird that, like, Schmidt and Cece, like, they're kind of out of the loop, it seems like, with the group. But everyone else is still, like, in the exact same spot they were in their lives, like, five years ago. So I think just character-wise, that's that's kind of a weird spot to, like, differ the group that much and where they are at their lives. But
0: Yeah, it's a tough thing for a show like this, especially a show that's about people kind of in their age range they're supposed to be what like late 20s early 30s as the show's kind of progressing and it's like when you're getting married starting a family are you going to continue to live in an apartment with your three roommates you're going to move out like shows like this have to really grapple with that and uh, especially one that's like set in la that feels so spread out it it's kind of part of the reason why things probably had to come to an end like what do you continue to do is it going to be cc and schmidt you know living in their house with their kid and they're all hanging out at a bar like it just you know it doesn't make sense and you know all things have to you know come to an end it has to transition to something new if not
2: yeah and you brought up phones earlier and it's really one of those it's one of the only shit like it's very few shows that like you see uh you start with flip phones you all end iPhones. with you end with all iphones i mean it, it's great and you know it does date it, that could date it a tiny bit but I think the last couple seasons do a good job of making it feel super modern. And the whole series really does that, to be honest.
0: One last thing I want to talk about here. Uh, Schmidt says to Nick, Nick, you've been in love with this girl from the moment you opened the door and you first laid eyes on her. Do you guys think when they were writing the pilot, the plan was always uh, Nick and Jess endgame? game. Do you think that's the setup? Do you really think they were like, Hey, play this as this is the girl you're going to be in love with. Or do you think they just developed that?
1: It's interesting. I think, I don't know. I think maybe it's a little bit of in between. So I think the the pilot interactions between Jess and Nick are somewhat, you know, telling us that in a way. Just because Nick's like, I don't want him to move in, and then he is kind of like in between still of like he kind of does, but he's he kind of doesn't at the same time. So it's still though, like even off the bat, it's kind of like the will they will they thing, I guess. But if they're gonna set that up, I feel like eventually, you know, they will. So. It's hard to say, but I would think at least a little bit they were wanting to do that.
2: Yeah, I think I I would say that they probably pitched it as that um in see in the first episode when Jess says that she's texting that guy, he, Nick has a reaction to it yeah. where he's like, "Oh, you're texting him?" and uh, you know, um but I think a show like this where they are cre- where they are creative with with pivoting characters and entire personalities if jake johnson and zoe de chanel didn't work chemistry wise as well as it did for all those years maybe they do decide to go another way because if the characters don't if the, the actors don't perform well together then you know that whole thing is gone that whole friends yeah. dynamic that whole how i met your mother ensemble cast it just doesn't work if everyone doesn't feel like they're actually friends in real life
0: yeah it's interesting i was i was looking here while you guys were kind of talking in the early season
2: they felt that they
0: worked so well together and had so much chemistry that they like purposely tried to write them apart because they were like if they're if they're on screen together too much we're gonna have to rush this relationship so they tried to like keep their characters separate as much as possible to not like force the relationship to happen right away. I mean, it's, it is pretty quick within like season two, season three, though, that they are, you know, making out, which, you know, I, I do think it is a little bit inevitable when you see some of their, their, early interactions. It's just
2: That's what cool. you expect when you watch a show like this, like the two main characters are going
0: to get... end up with one of them and it's not going to be Schmidt. And it's probably not going to be Winston.
2: <laughs> well, they make a joke in one of these ones that we watch where it's like, this is where I was standing when I was attracted to Winston.
0: Yeah, this, that joke's made in the final episode that we're talking about here, the finale of the show, season seven, episode eight, Ingram Petersky, uh, where they do do that thing where they like go around the loft and like acknowledge old moments and weird shit and like things about the show that you can, it, it does the more classic series finale. We're really being nostalgic as much as we can
2: do you guys think it's a successful
0: finale
2: you get the you get the quintessential empty set shot that you want from a network sitcom if this was episode 23 of season six i would have been perfectly fine with it in a way obviously some things would have to be a little bit different but if this came after the episode we just talked about cool Because I do feel like I earned that corny ending of them all getting emotional about leaving because that seems real. That seems like this is something that's going on in their real lives as well as actors. And I liked that moment of them leaving and everybody getting their little moment. Also, you bring up like little flashbacks and memories and things. This show really doesn't have any clip shows or flashback shows or filler things like that, like every other sitcom does pretty much. So I just wanted to put that out there. But yeah, I feel like we earned this ending. It came a year too late. I didn't need the other seven episodes in season seven, but I think it's a good ending.
0: Cody, I imagine you hadn't seen this one either.
1: (laughs) No, definitely not. And I actually like that pitch um, from Chris of kind of just eliminating the entire last season. And maybe, maybe you could do like a two-parter, kind of like office style, or it's just a flash forward uh, for like an episode or two. I think that is at least ideal, uh, idealistically a, a better idea. But I do like this episode. I mean, like you said, it is very heavily nostalgia-based, I think. Um, bringing back like a lot of just fun little things throughout the apartment, I think is always a good move. But I also kind of like the concept of a new season as well, just to kind of differentiate itself a little bit from uh, from Friends in a sense. Uh, seeing like continuing on where everybody is for an entire season, I think it's a fun concept. Obviously, I haven't seen all of it. Uh, I mean, they
2: did a three year jump in case you didn't know.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of, it's a little bit similar to like Parks and Rec in that sense. Uh, for finals. it's
2: exactly like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I don't hate that. Like, I think that is a fun way at least to see where the characters are a little bit farther on in their lives, just because we've been with them for so long, kind of in the same place. And like I said, there's a lot of changes in that finale in season six you know it's, it's fun to see them i guess progress a little bit farther down the road um i think the standout to me is pretty much the last five minutes of this episode obviously they played true american which i think is a really fun uh callback and kind of the perfect way to end the show and then of course uh <laughs> we have the winston gotcha uh, at the end too which i'm interested to hear your guys thoughts i am a fan of it but i think it's a little overplayed I actually really like it. I think it's funny, you know, you can, in
0: finales, there's like things that happen, whether it be like the How I Met Your Other finale where he goes and he falls in love with Robin or the way The Sopranos ends, you know, Black Street. Like there's these choices, these big like ending choices. And the, this one is just a joke. Like Winston's like, oh, gotcha, I'm prank Sinatra. Um, and I love that because I think this show never takes itself too seriously. It, it's, it's having a lot of fun. We get the emotional beats right before that, that we need. And uh, we end on a fun little joke.
2: Yeah, I, um, you know, I think a lot of shows would have ended with them playing True American with the kids um, and just went out on that. But like you said, How I Met Your Mother has that whole, you think it's over, but it's not, like, he ends the story. And then they're like, but, but what about Aunt Robin? Yeah, I mean, you know, we could talk about that show another day, but... You know it's um i do think it's funny i do think it's light but it's not it's not too long of a scene nick freaking out is funny um when realizing that winston spent a whole bunch of money <laughs> on it and then he says was it too small and then he goes no too big too big too, big. too big um What do you think
0: think about the uh, cameos we get out of that? It's kind of like a weird assortment of people that show up because of this prank. So it's like the weird teacher, uh, the principal guy, and then Fawn Moscato as like the is the the callbacks we get. Yeah,
2: I I think it's funny that uh, about who they about who they picked because, and we talked about this earlier too. Like, there's not too many people who are in a big chunk of episodes, so it's not like they had this huge bin of people. To choose from now do you have a list in front of you of all the people who it was because i would love to hear that
1: i mean obviously i haven't seen the entire series i was hoping personally for a bear claw
2: i was just Uh, gonna say that
1: like where is he at you got to bring him back to the finale bring him back these other goobers so i don't know
0: josh
2: gad is great
0: Needed. Curtis Curtis Armstrong plays Dr. Foster, who's the principal, and Brian yep. Poston plays the biology teacher. Who doesn't Those have a the, name. Uh, two, yeah, literally just biology teacher. The thing is, like, we get a lot of them throughout season seven, but, like, come on, no coach in the finale? Like, seri- like that's, at the very least, I would like to see that.
2: Well, what episode is it, the one where they go to New York? I think it's season six, and they see Coach on the street. And he's like, hey, uh, you guys didn't tell me you were in New York. And they were like, oh, I oh. mean, he goes, ah, I've been to L.A. like seven times. It's OK. Yeah, so they kind of poke fun at it. Also, in that episode, you find out that the last time Jess was in New York was. Right up to the pilot, sorry for spoiling more of the intricacies of the show, but Jess <laughs> comes back from New York early, and that's how she finds Spencer in their house with the girl. Oh, I think that was a really – this show does a good job of doing callbacks that kind of don't mean anything. (laughs) Like, it's just for us, like, just for the fans. If you really paid attention, like, you can kind of get that stuff.
0: Last thing I want to say, in the flash forward, Jess and Nick's son is wearing a Mitch Trubisky jersey. (laughs) That's great. I just had to shout that out. Incredible relic of that time, uh, especially considering it's supposed to be, like, they've already gone three years into the future – and then now they're flashing forward another four or five. Like, I don't know how old this kid, like eight years. Was. Yeah, he <laughs> so, looks like
2: he's like eight years old. He looks like he's like, he's a like, real like seven or, or eight years old. <laughs> um, But But that would be like a Nick thing to like buy the old jersey because it's like cheap at Target for like 15 bucks because he's not on the team anymore. Um, also, Winston Alley's son's name is Dan Bill. So, so Incredible great. Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. <laughs> Fantastic name.
0: Let's move on to the top five. Cody, what is your top five? Take it
1: away. All right, kicking it off again with the top five. I think I went with a fun one. I debated between a couple categories. I was thinking about doing a Schmidt quotes just because the pilot, he has a lot of really good ones. But I ended up going a little bit something different that I think I would normally do. I'm going with top five outfits slash costumes. I will Shout prefer- out to our
0: costume designers
1: yeah i'm no uh, fashion expert out here by any means but this is my top five from these episodes uh starting off with number five uh it wasn't mentioned by chris but uh winston's sexy cop outfit uh i think it has to <laughs> at least bike crack- cop. his bike, <laughs> cop. <laughs> bike cop, whatever but um uh, him flexing around with that and then the eventual rip i think was just too comedically great to leave off this list uh number four with me and i mentioned this before it was Winston's outfit on the couch when he was uh, sympathy PMSing with Jess. <laughs> Just like the combination with the glasses and the rest of the outfit, I think has to make this list as well. Uh, sadly, that is the the last we'll see of Winston on here, but uh, well-deserved uh, two spots. Number three, I'm going to go CeCe's dress from the pilot. I think it's a classic and uh, it can kind of do the best of both worlds. It fits CeCe, if it's Jess going on a date, can't go wrong. know oh,
2: how that they're no. not the same person but okay
1: Nina, not, nina
0: but... shouted this out she was pissed because they would not be the same size and if jess was wearing it it would be way longer on her and <laughs>
1: she's got she's mad it's a magic dress it's got to make fun of <laughs> uh, number two for me i mean this had to make it the spacesuit phone sex outfit <laughs> on the just iconic you can't go wrong in any way or form i think with that and uh who doesn't want to have sex in space so i think that's a great idea uh, number one at the top of my list here, it's going to be the ensemble from the pilots going to uh, the Cowboys and Indians party, specifically uh, Schmidt's costume. And I don't know if you guys know this, but his outfit is the exact same one from what I've seen that Ryan Gosling wears in the real world in Barbie. So basically, New Girl kind of inspired Barbie in a sense, which I think is really fun. <laughs> and uh, Schmidt in the cowboy outfit is awesome. So that's going to be my top one.
0: He's got a great uh, kin look. There was also a great kin quote in one of these episodes. In the season two, episode seven episode, Jess says, I'll kick your testicles, clean off your body. You'll look like kin dolls down there. So, <laughs> hey, this movie uh, yeah, is yeah. heavily, this is uh, heavily inspired. Love that. All right. Uh, I do have to say, I'm a little mad that the uh, beanie and red sweatshirt that past Nick is wearing when he moves the couch uh, didn't make the list because that's an incredible outfit
1: he's in consideration uh, also fat, no.
2: suit, fat suit schmidt is just always a joy to see on screen one of my most memorable scenes in this show is fat suit schmidt trying to have sex in college and he just is slipping and sliding around it's so good it's so good gotta have the loop chris what's falls- your top five yeah. Um, all right. So I was going back and forth. I tried to call in some reinforcements to no avail. Um, but I went with um top five one ep characters, one from each. Okay. Some of them are big names, some of them are super random. I'll go in order. In the pilot, super random. I just liked what the character was called on IMDB. And she has a great line and a great moment. She gets to, you know, play with the whole cast. Um, The hot hostess at the restaurant, played by Haley Marie Norman. Fantastic. And her dad played professional baseball. Definitely not super memorable of a character, but hey, she gets to be in a scene with all those people. And that was probably pretty cool for her because she's not much of an actress anymore. Nepo so- Maybe so. Maybe love
0: so. Netflix. MLB, not MLB. <laughs>
2: yeah, we'd love those. Um, okay. And then Menzies. Um, we got Jacqueline Suzuki, AKA the flautist, in the background of the pool scenes. Oh. <laughs> um, she's the just. Best sitting part, there. The there. the closed captioning.
1: I forgot about Ethereal
0: flute music starts playing.
2: <laughs> and she's chilling in the back of all of the pool scenes but most memorable the tag when schmidt tran and her jacqueline suzuki is just they're just cracking up when uh jess and nick are trying to float winston in the pool (laughs) she's all she's never been in anything else ever i looked her up but she is a violinist in a symphony in san francisco so shout out jacqueline suzuki she's alive and well come on the pod yeah we would lo- we would love to to see that um okay and then uh what's next i don't know what i'm doing the, oh, uh, oh oh yep yep we get um kate flannery meredith palmer from the office played i Mer- Oh,
0: Play Mary. that as well
2: her character's name is mary ellen and she is the campaign person. She's great. Jess and CeCe cut her off so they could steal the stuff. And then Winston has some good, or uh, Schmidt has some good scenes with her. Always great to see some office representation in these shows.
0: Highlight of the episode for sure.
2: Shout out Kate Flannery. Um, then the next one, we got Fred Willard. We already spoke about him, he's great one of i mean hey this episode wasn't rated a 9.1 out of 10 for nothing. Fred Willard gets this gets the episode named after him and he's in the show for less than 30 seconds and he sings hot cross buns really well. RIP Fred Willard. Next we got um or lastly I should say super random has no lines and you don't actually know who he is but we talked about him. The little boy in the Mitch Trubisky Jersey is Jesse Nick's son? His name in real life is Nolan River. Shout out Nolan River. I don't Any, know what else he's idiot, done. Yeah,
0: no other performances.
2: I I honestly didn't look that one up. His name on IMDb. His character name is a callback and a joke all in itself, and you don't even get a payoff in the show because they never say it on IMDb. His character name is Reginald Val Johnson, which is a callback to an episode where Schmidt or where uh, I think it's where Nick and Jess break up they make a bet. And he, right? said, and he says that his firstborn has to be named Reginald Val Johnson because he lost the bet to Schmidt. So the fact that we get that joke on IMDb and nowhere else is fabulous. Nolan River, great work. You wore that Mitch Trubisky jersey, great.
0: He has also appeared in Old, the 2021 M. Night Shyamalan movie where he played Trent, age six. However, he did get much older because that is uh, it's the beach that makes you old. That's the plot of the movie. My top five is the top five people I would want to live with and have as a roommate. So of the main roommates, of course. Number five, I'm going to take Cece because to me, she's just like, she's the most generic. She's the most bland. I feel like living with her would really just be like, you know, living with nobody, you know, no huge impact on my uh, day-to-day life. I would say, uh, just, you know, nothing negative, nothing too positive, kind of just net neutral. So she's five. Number four is Nick. Now, Nick, there's some pros and cons, obviously not a big money guy. Uh, maybe not the cleanest, but he will uh, fix anything that breaks in the apartment and, uh, well, you know, he's the handyman. He's the guy that you need to have around. um, And it'll bring a good laugh as well. Number three, I'm going to take Schmidt. And he would probably be the hardest person to live with, which is why he comes in at three. But you need somebody who will clean up after you. And you know, I'm I'm not big into cleaning, having Schmidt around an apartment, you know, organizing everything, whether it be the mail, like we see in the uh, political episode, or, or just, you know, Keeping the drawers tidy. Schmidt's the guy to have around. He can cook a mean breakfast too. Number two, I'm gonna go with Coach. Now, this is this might be a little surprising, but hey, I need the motivation in my life. Give me give me a personal <laughs> trainer that's gonna you know yell at me every day and uh, get me outside, get me moving. He seems like a chill guy. Watching football, watch a basketball game. You know, hang out. He's just a, he's just a bro. Coach and uh, he also is uh, just probably the funniest of anybody. And then uh, number one. I'm going to take Winston. And it's not because of Winston. It's because Ferguson comes along with it. I just want a cat. So uh, really, number one roommate is Ferguson. But if uh, he has to be attached with uh, Winnie the Bish, then I, I guess we'll bring him along too. I'd say it's fantastic. fantastic.
1: Yeah, Like that. No gesto, right? Leaving Jess off the line. Uh,
0: It's a lot of singing early in the morning. I like to sleep.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: <laughs> but CeCe is referred to as a hot slob. That's true. But
0: Schmidt will be there to clean her up. They've got to be together.
2: So That's true.
0: Pitch time. Let's talk about a a reboot, a sequel, a spinoff. I was trying to brainstorm ideas. I was like, new girl, could we do old boy? But that's already taken, obviously. (laughs) Um, So I didn't really know. A new boy doesn't work. So really, my only pitch here is let's wait 30 years. Retirement community, stick them all in it. They're living together again in Florida. Uh, and uh, that's the show. It's basically Golden Girls, but with the new girl cast.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I was kind of struggling with this too. I didn't know where I wanted to go. If it was take a character and give them its own thing, um, take an animal and give them its own thing. You know, we could go animated with it. Who knows? But I'm going to go uh, in a pretty, you know, a version of TV that, you know, met its demise too early. If you ask me, I'm gonna go the game show route, and we're gonna have a true American game show. I don't know who'd be the host. I would say Jess is probably most likely to succeed in that role. I see late but, stage
0: Zoe Deschanel becoming a, a TV show game host or taking on like a Drew more talk show host role. I could see it.
2: But a true American game show, prime like time. It. Give it That's to me, legend.
0: James Corden. We could just let him host it. He's free. He, free. Anybody he
2: hosts enough things, or used to.
0: That's honestly the uh, most truly marketable idea and the best idea that anybody could come up with. Cody, go ahead and top it, though. I'm sure you've got something great. Let's hear it, it, new boy.
1: How if I follow that? Because I love the idea. I think I would dominate uh, I'm on that game show as well. Shout out. <laughs> but uh, I, I was kind of the themes you guys, too. I was thinking you could do like a new guy instead of a new girl. Kind of just like the how I met your father instead of how I met. Your uh, but Josh then I realized that
2: gross. Didn't...
1: Yeah, so probably not a good idea. So <laughs> I was thinking of just like kind of a spinoff season in a sense, like location wise. Like you guys saying, you know, they don't move out a ton until the later seasons. So I thought, you know, kind of just a race season seven and just do like uh, a cruise season, like they all just go on a cruise with their families, like a fast forward, but on a cruise for no reason. We I think that'll just be fun.
2: Have a cruise episode.
1: Oh, really? Well, I want a whole season. <laughs> um, <laughs> they get well. I mean, it's, they get they get trapped
0: in a room and they're stuck in there, right? They so. go.
2: We got a cruise episode. Uh, but that is funny because I I mean, friends, we have like that four seasons where or four episodes where they're um on that island or whatever and they're doing weird stuff and they go yeah, to the. So.
1: Bahamas? No? Sure. Yeah.
2: Yep. And then they got one where they're in the Hamptons at the beach and the, the house is filled with sand for a reason that they don't really specify. But yeah, I think that's great. A destination season. Sounds
0: New great. girl on Survivor, Cody. We, yeah. We know yeah. that's what you want. Come on. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. It, that, that was kind of
1: leading more into my pitch. I was going to say, like, Schmidt's, get, he gets like pushed off the edge of the, the boat or something, and they all end up like stranded on this island, like, lost style. And it just goes crazy from there. Nick could be um, Fern Gully. No, what's the guy's name? Uh, Gulliver's Travels. (laughs) (laughs) Nick could be Gilgan on an island by himself. Like there's comedic stuff there I think that you could do.
2: I actually was chewing, trying to do some research for this topic. And I was looking on Reddit and like fan fiction, people like making up episodes. And one person's tagline was, Jess falls in an alligator exhibit while looking for a birthday present for Nick so you know that was
0: probably that was just next on the drawing board if they did another <laughs> season that's probably the first episode
2: also Jeff Probst can host my game show if, yes. uh, if we, we, we have go. the budget to get that's him out of Fiji we'd have to oh, you have, fly you have, him you
0: out of I think you just have to move the game show to Fiji because that's sure. his permanent setup
2: yeah he lives there
0: if there was a character that I wanted to pull out we got to go Jess's dad Rob Reiner Bob Day there's a lot of untapped potential there. Just give Rob Reiner a TV show, him living in Portland. There's probably all sorts of great you know, water and plants, smoking weed. Who knows what he's doing? And just rocks. his
2: mom does shrooms or whatever. Or so the Pacific we... Northwest
0: man. It's crazy.
2: It's a crazy place. Is that the president of Portland? That's a great coach. Coach shines in that episode too. And they go to Portland and they throw yeah. the rocks in the crush lake. And they're like, You gotta say the name of a girl. And he goes. Gladys and Nick is like (laughs) a girl that you know.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's so good. Show's so great. More or less, would you guys recommend people watch more than these five episodes?
1: I can kick off here. I mean, for me, it's it's still more. Um, kind of watching this later episodes made me want to watch these later seasons more. So I think I might pick up kind of just where we left off in between. Evidently, season seven not the best. So maybe skip, uh, you know, until the Tran episode, possibly. But yeah, of course, I think uh, these five episodes really do highlight there are some really great things about the show, but there's tons of stuff as well that it doesn't. So I, I would 100% recommend at least, you know, five more. Yeah, uh, I would
0: definitely say watch more of the show. Uh, it's one, like I said at the top of the episode, it's one of my five favorites. Um, and really glad that uh, Chris picked it, man.
2: You got to get to the second Robbie arc. It's, re- it's really just uh where the show uh hits its uh hits its stride there.
0: Robbie 2.0, he's a real bad boy. Got to watch out for him. Chris, <laughs> yeah. thank you again for coming on, man. Appreciate it. It's always good to have you on and uh you'll be back again for uh something a little musical maybe.
2: Wow. Hinted. I uh I'm honored to say the least. I was listening to show tunes to and from work today. You know, people might look at me and not think that, but hey, it's part of life, but good show, a great show. And if you well,
0: haven't watched it, you should uh, definitely check it out. Recommend it to the people. All right. Thank you for listening. And peace. what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard at no point in your rambling, incoherent response. Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room, is now dumber for having listened to it.